0: Oh, what is up, everybody? filibusterfreestyle.com presents Kitchen Quarantine. We are finally back with another installment of Kitchen Quarantine with Man Cook Good Zone, Jeremy Johnson. Coming up next, I'm gonna hit the theme song right away so we don't waste any time on the preamble and we go straight into JJ talking about food. Good, good topic today in terms of you know it's about food. We all get it, but you know the subgenre. It's gonna be a good one. Theme song coming your way. Filibuster Freestyle. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Filibuster, filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster. Watch freestyle. out for the filibuster. Filibuster. Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster Freestyle. It's the filibuster Freestyle. <makes> <makes> filibuster, filibuster Freestyle. <makes> everybody i promised you jj jeremy johnson on the west coast of man cook good kitchen quarantine is friggin' back baby one last time maybe maybe not in 2020 it's the holiday season all kinds of cooking happens jj on the heels of thanksgiving on the precipice of 2021 how are you sir pretty good
1: starting to feel some shades of the spring again here um And uh, the disease is getting closer to our circles, so it's hard to um, ignore all of that. But, you know, we're still kind of operating like we have been. Um, If anything, we're tightening the wagons a little bit more than we had, but nothing really changes for us. So even though the world continues to smolder, we're still operating um, as usual here.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, and actually that's a decent... Teaser into what we're going to get in today, into today's, I should say, which is um, restaurants, everybody else, and every other industry that's lucky enough to still have a job. We've all had to find a new way to do what we used to do, right? And so we're actually going to get a little bit into not 100, percent but some of the things that have changed in the food delivery industry, the takeout industry, how restaurants have pivoted from in you know in room dining, if you will, to being mainly takeout, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how we all have just, not all of us, but many of us have found a way to soldier on because we have to, and march on because that's apparently what our, you know, thus far, that's what our government's told us to do, which is just either not care, pretend it's not a big deal, both, or just keep showing up to get your paycheck. That's kind of been the mandate, <laughs> or lack thereof. So yeah, we're going to get into it from the food standpoint today, Um And by the way, I'm going to acknowledge it right now. The last time you were on, not the pod, but Kitchen Quarantine, we were just getting ready, I think it was August, to start going back to work. And we were talking a little bit about meal, uh, not so much meal prep, but recipes that would work to bring for lunch. And uh, we said we were going to follow it up within like a month, and we didn't. So I'm just going to own that. We didn't do it.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, deepest apologies to both of our listeners, (laughs) and uh, we will endeavor to do better next time.
0: True. However don't let jeremy's modesty fool you folks the people come out for man cook good not only on the kitchen quarantine from the filibuster freestyle but also at Mancook good on instagram because the instagram especially over thanksgiving break there was popping.
1: yeah you know anytime i have a chance to um make something that i think would be interesting uh i i add it to the gram and uh, i've had a lot of good interaction with people and um we're coming up on a good two week break where i'll be if we don't shut down production industry wide in the next two weeks i'll have a two-week break anyway for a holiday hiatus so at the very least i'll be cooking my face off on there and in between it's a lot of weeknight dinners and a lot of um things that you know And then the weekend i hit it hard and try and prep up for the week and um Absolutely It's been good lately I've been getting a lot of responses From people And it's been really
0: enjoyable Yeah so again everybody At Good On the Instagram A.K.A. Instagram I'm calling it the Instagram Like the Facebook Back in the uh, day Anyway um, mm-hmm. So JJ And one quick, quick teaser You mentioned the industry Which you're in Which is the entertainment industry And uh, you mentioned the The um, hiatus that hopefully won't be a a work stoppage but you do work on a little show called the mandalorian and by the end of this podcast we're going to do a little bit on that at the end for folks who you know maybe you're just tuning in for that you know fast forward to some point towards the end there's a little heads up there i'll try to give you something in the captions anyway we could do and we should do some takeout delivery styles of food rankings what holds up what doesn't what have the modifications been how have uh, restaurants in our area started to adapt? So let's, 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 go, with, let's go with that. Um, I'll get us started, JJ. You know what's always traveled well? Pizza. But do you know what I have found travels incredibly well, at least from like a walking six blocks with it in your hand in a paper bag? Indian food. Oh. Indian food travels yeah. very well.
1: Great answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Indian food in general, and um, anything that's kind of saucy like that, yep. and um, can be scooped into a container, uh, it holds its heat well. Yep. It's not trying to um, stay crispy. And a samosa's got so much fat in it anyway that even a samosa will hold up pretty good to take out. hundred oh, um, percent. I think when you get into the delivery takeout conversation, it's the the easy answer is to just right off the start hit the the um play the hits which is pizza um chinese food um indian food uh like thai food is great for takeout
0: yeah holds up well absolutely
1: Um, those things are are big for a reason and um for for years now when you order delivery you kind of run through the same ethnic options over and over again you know um and now as we reach a point where a lot of restaurants let's just be honest a lot of restaurants are not going to survive the next three months
0: no it's gonna get ugly when it gets colder and darker for sure
1: and um the ones that do are going to find a way to um pivot that uh works for them and that may be um making food that travels better or packaging it better um we you know like i found like something like uh there's a restaurant down the street that we love that serves uh, Mexican food. That you know, if you get their tacos to go, um, it sucks because it's a corn tortilla and it gets soggy by the time you get home. A taco should almost be taken off of the truck or the uh, the flat top and put directly to your mouth and eaten. Um, yeah, they don't keep for very long. But if you get rice and beans or some sort of mole and uh, something saucy that's in a container then you've got something great or ceviche is um fantastic to go
0: that does travel Uh, well
1: sushi has been killing
0: it yeah i was gonna say Uh, um sushi via car delivery i don't know but sushi on foot again absolutely travels great
1: especially if you order like rolls yes you know they're cold they don't tip over and even before the pandemic we have a place here i don't know if they've expanded nationwide but they've got a bunch of locations in la called sugarfish and they do something where you just order like sushi you just order like the 40 dollar box or the 50 dollar box or the 30 dollar box and it just comes with an assortment of rolls and um nigri, and um that's just what you get you don't tell them what you want you just get what they tell you for you, and it's in this <laughs> perfect little box. Everything is. It, it travels great. It's not getting tossed around. The presentation's really beautiful. The fish is really high quality. And from what I understand, um, they're killing it since March. Like they're just smoking. They're already dialed in with all of the delivery services. They're already on everybody's apps, and their food translates really well to that. So you can add sushi to the mix too. And and sushi restaurants in general, the the cooks are. It's a very, like, clean environment, you know. It's not something where people are sweating bullets over the food and it's very cold and, um, you know, semi-sterile as it is because they're working with raw products, so they have a higher standard of cleanliness in general. Yeah, it's always
0: been there. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that I've done more more in the last... I mean, I, now that it's been almost a year, I, I feel like it's not as impressive, but um, I never really got a ton of call a breakfast place or a diner up for a takeout order. You know what I mean? Like Mm, typically you go to the diner, whether it's late night or morning or brunch, um, or maybe, yeah, maybe you have somebody, you don't really have them deliver, deliver breakfast to you a lot. I don't at least, but we've gotten breakfast at least twice a month from two or three different places here in South Boston. And, you know, honestly, there's the one place that we, we swear by that we used to frequent in person all the time. Um, it's the furthest away. So, you know, that's a 20 plus minute walk, um, shorter drive. If I walk it, that, that gets a little bit to a point where it's not ideal, but you know, if you can keep it to within a 15 or 10 minute walk, the, the breakfast food holds up much better than I would have thought it did. Cause the, you know, again, the packaging, the tinfoil and the fact that they've all had to pivot to instead of, you know, hungover people rolling in on a Sunday morning or late night special Boulevard Diner out in Worcester, Mass style, you know, after the bar closes, 2 a.m. shuffle, they've had to really get their packaging game, their tinfoil game, their travel game up. And, and honestly, breakfast has held up so much better than I thought it would have. Um, what are
1: you ordering when you're getting breakfast to go?
0: So, uh, a myriad, I don't say a myriad because there's only so many breakfast things, right? But, you know, whether it's scrambled eggs, some type of meats and potatoes, right, um, We've got a place called Joseph's Bakery here in Southie, which has these oversized bagel sandwiches in which one bagel sandwich could feed two people for two, for two meals. You know what I mean? Like okay. You could cut the bagel sandwich in fourths, and Cindy and I could have it for lunch and dinner, and probably we'd be calorically better than we should be. Um, right. But Joseph's Bagel Sandwiches and their home fries could not travel better. And, you know, they're six blocks away, which makes it even better. But, yeah, It's phenomenal.
1: Well, like, I think, you know, when you're ordering, like, when you're ordering eggs to go, I think the worst idea would be to get them, like, coached with, like, sauce on them. Right. And then it would travel in order of bad idea to good idea through, like, sunny side up, over easy, over medium. And then you start getting into, like, a jammy egg or a hard-boiled egg that travels really well. Omelettes will travel better than um even scrambled eggs because they're just kind of a self-contained unit that keeps themselves warm a
0: little more warmth yeah exactly
1: Um, pivoting to like a a sweeter option so like when you get takeout uh breakfast you get like, like french toast or pancakes and this is where a restaurant um making good decisions can make things better for you you keep all the liquids on the side you know like like if you order um a noodle soup or a ramen to go and a restaurant is actually thinking about what the product is that you're going to receive your broth should be coming in
0: a separate container yep
1: amen and then you pour the hot broth over the noodles and then like let's say you buy it and you're buying it for later then you can heat up the broth and you know do it like that That's the kind of thing you should be thinking about too. If you're packing your own food, like don't put the rice or the noodles in the soup until you know the day you're going to eat it. Make it separately and and have it be separate the whole time, and then add it in at the end. The broth of the of the saucy, whatever it is, is going to heat up whatever you're trying to heat up. Plenty, you know, Um, and you can get that out of your takeout orders if the restaurant is thinking ahead and trying to like be a better option than just like, well, I guess we'll go there, you know? Um, 100%. We ordered from a fancy place recently. We, we got takeout from a nice restaurant um, and shout out to Scopa in Venice. What up, Scopa? um, They, all their stuff, it was, first of all, it's Italian, which is another thing that is great for takeout.
0: travels really well yeah um but it was in like these like semi
1: high-end takeout containers they were they're foil tray style containers with a plastic top um one step up from that traditional like styrofoam pop italian restaurant where it's the italian where it's with the the foil tray with the cardboard top on it you know it's like a little bit nicer presentation but like We got that food, and it was delicious. It was a a mushroom cream sauce um, pasta. We got, like, a pork chop that was in the nice sauce with roasted potatoes and stuff. Like, it was a fantastic meal, and honestly, it didn't really suffer much from being um, takeout and sitting in a container for 15 minutes before we ate it. But one thing that I did wish that they did, which um, I've seen some of the nicer places around here trying to do – is they're now selling, like, a prefix-to-go thing. Smart. Like, forget about your menu.
0: Right, you don't like, don't make if, me choose. Right, give me something that will work.
1: It, yeah, like, optimize your offerings for what people are actually doing. Like, I really wish that there was a restaurant that was near me that was doing, even before the pandemic, like, uh, the family meal deal where you get, like, Uh, rotisserie chicken uh, a vegetable side and a potato side with like you know for like 30 bucks or something you know how many times i'd get that once a week on the way home from work if i had a place like that that i could get like a stable delicious normal meal from it's not super rich or unhealthy but also not super expensive you Mm -hmm. know um and some of the nice restaurants around here started kind of leaning in that direction they're still they're still holding on to being a high end though and i hope that they start offering a mid-grade option because i don't want to drop 53 a head a person huh. on dinner that i'm going to be eating takeout yeah yeah exactly um, ideally like if it's a special occasion or something or like we're trying to like make like we're like hey let's let's go and spend some money at this place because we want them to survive fine but if you want me to go there more than once every three months um they should really be working more in like the 25 to $30 ahead range where you're like, okay, this is a bit of a stretch. It's a Friday night move. Right. It's not a Wednesday afternoon move, but, um, and just say like, we, you can pick between these two proteins, these three proteins, these three sides and these three veggies. And I'd say that's our whole menu now. And that helps them keep their food costs down and they can make sure that what they're selling is going to be good 15 minutes later, you know, um, or even a half hour later
0: Right, because uh, that ensures that you're going to come back chicken holds up
1: really good yes. You know, um, fried chicken is great to go
0: I'm, uh, but. I'm glad you brought fried chicken up, JJ It actually segues into a, a story I wanted to tell anyway Is it now a good enough time? Yeah, tell So I mentioned to you when we were texting earlier That I had the very ironic blue cheese situation the other day But I would say this Number one, fried chicken does travel well we actually got a chicken parm um, that was lovely from the same exact place. But um, for those of you who know me, you know that I you know, I just can't pass up uh, an order of buffalo wings if there's a chance to get some, right? So I said, hey, we're going to get this pizza and this chicken parm. Throw in an order of wings. And they said, do you want it fried or do you want it – I think we thought they said grilled because that's what most people do. But they meant like, bro- like broiled, like put in the oven. Um, so – the fried chicken would have held up great. The whatever style they did, kind of a baked chicken, did not in Buffalo wing flavor. And style, and that's fine, my bad, right? But the blue cheese was put in a styrofoam container with the fixins, you know, the carrots and the stuff, the celery, and the wings, with no like safety net. And somehow, despite driving all the way from It's six miles, but in Boston, you know, Roslindale to South Boston might as well be Colorado to Utah. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's a good ride. Anyway, all those twists, all those turns, had no idea that we had a free-flowing molten lava-style blue cheese just hanging and banging. But somehow they did it in a ratio where we opened it up and voila, it was friggin' perfect. And you know, shame on the, me for getting the broiled wings instead of the fried wings, but somehow they maestro the shit. Excuse my language out of just a free-flowing blue cheese bonanza. Good for them. Good for you guys. So man. it wasn't even in
1: like a little ramekin; it was just in a, in a Dude, container. Dude, you with know
0: how it's like it for, it's like it's got like the there's a three you know in the styrofoam. It's like yeah, a yeah. three pronger, right? There's the big guy, and there's the two little side dish things. And the you know, like when you go to a barbecue to go. They just filled it in one of those and we're like, good luck, but it worked.
1: Yeah, well, that's insane. I and know. That's a really bad job by them. First of all, any place that's using styrofoam like containers like that is not thinking this thing through, in my opinion. Well, but I ironically
0: think. ironically, real quick to stop you, they did the chicken parm exactly the way you just mentioned that other place that you were talking about in LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foil, plastic. Perfect, and the chicken parm was great. We literally had it, like, two nights ago. We had it again today. It was really? lovely. But like, they really effed up the chicken wings.
1: 12 95 we're going to give him the nice container.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, chicken parm, hook him up. <laughs> right, right. He wants the wings, uh, a, he wants the wings so in the we oven? We got
1: a chicken farm. We got a big
0: spender. Yeah. This highfalutin, highfalutin guy's over here trying to get blue cheese on it. Yeah, anyway, so so I totally agree with you that, that back to the point, fried chicken, good stuff and also styrofoam container if it's more than a 10 minute walk it's not going to hold up it's not going to hold up
1: but the blue cheese held up right now if i'm running a restaurant which i don't but if i'm running a restaurant right now i'm like taking a real hard look at who my customers are and what they order and i'm just taking everything off the menu that people don't order and Mm. i'm playing the hits
0: yeah for sure and
1: people talk about going seasonal and specials and whatever, like. I'm like, look, it's going to be cold this week. I'm selling soup. I'm pushing soup hard. You know what's great about soup, too? It keeps, and you can freeze it. So, like, you can make a vat of it as a restaurant, and you can bring it back next week, too. Mm, And, you know, and it's cheap. You can use cheap meats. You can use, you know, veggies, odds and ends, and people aren't going to be upset about it if you have a really delicious, savory broth. And you can batch cook all your starches and everything. And I'm doing family meal deals or I'm doing like dinner for one. Um, I'm doing like on your way home from work specials. I'm doing after work specials. I'm doing work from home specials. Like you got to really break down what works for your restaurant and what does not work for your restaurant. And just play the hits because that's the only thing that's going to get you through this thing. And, And I don't really... I don't know. And then, you know, you've got your places that you frequent. And I think
0: that's kind of like what everybody's got to do. You got to pick your two or three restaurants that you love. Right. Who are you saying you really want to be
1: here in April? Mm -hmm. And you got to spend as much money as you can with them, even if that's just a little bit, you know? Like, I'll I'll order rice and beans from this place where, you know, we're not going there. Um, I don't want to go and spend 50 bucks a week at this place. But if I've got. You know, I got some, some chicken or some fish at home, and I'm going to run home and, and whip it up real quick. On my way home, I'll pick up rice and beans. And yeah. I'm spending $10. bucks. i am spending 12 bucks, But you helping they're making them out? a profit margin on that.
0: Is that that rice and beans cost place? like a
1: nickel to make. Yeah, exactly. Kiyadine, And they're filling, they're taking something off my plate. I don't have to clean a pot and pan because I just made quick rice and beans. Yep. And I'm just helping them, helping them out a little bit. Um
0: that's what you got to do. And that you got to kind of pick you got to pick your three or four places and, and try to keep them afloat and then you know but then the, the other cool thing is that sometimes those places just seem to be doing doing really great. You know, like they've they've really made a great pivot and then that gives you a little bit more confidence that oh, maybe I'll add a fifth place to my repertoire because my favorite place is going to make it because everybody has rallied around my favorite place. One because they like it and two because they pivoted well. Right, So it's like practical to go to. And then then maybe I can try to save a a third place or a fourth place or a fifth place or do do my part, I should say, because I feel like, oh, shoot, okay, the Seapoint is going to live in South Boston. I'm not the only one who wants to get takeout from them. Great. Okay, good. The sushi place, they're going to make it because they're doing a bang-up job with their takeout sushi. That's fantastic. So then I start working on the breakfast place and other stuff. So, yeah, I totally agree with that too. But at the beginning, we were kind of like, what two places can we not live without (laughs) – And, you know, over our our dead bodies, they're going to close. And we kind of picked those two places to start.
1: And in the beginning, like, literally, that was, it was, like, over my dead body. Like, we're, like, Mm -hmm. we are, we felt like we were risking, you know, um, life and limb to order from places. And everything just stopped in its tracks, ordering-wise. And then, um... You know that's kind of come to life a little bit more, and then a lot of places were doing well. The outdoor dining was a lifeline. Yes, and you know here in L.A. and in California, actually, I should say the vast majority of California, that's now all been shut down because we're trying to keep people in their house, and you can't give them options. And honestly, like that day when we went to pick up that fancy um, dinner, I'm looking at their outdoor dining. It's indoors. I mean, it's a tent right with walls. Um, and then the place next door, it have got what they call a patio, but really there's like a six-inch gap in the wall between that and the ceiling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm looking at, at people, everybody in there at the tables, even the people that are not eating or drinking anything, have their masks off. They're all talking. They're all living in a different universe than we are. And, you know, I understand that the restaurants, it, it's just – it just is what it is. Like one of the biggest things that people have in common that have contracted coronavirus recently is they go out to eat in restaurants. Fair. And we can't we can't expect a government, a local or county government that has been paired to the bone budget wise by all this austerity and all this like we want a smaller government. And we don't want to be wasteful. We can't expect them to enforce all these different rules and all these different permits and everything effectively in a health emergency.
0: Right. Definitely.
1: And if people aren't going to do it right and they're going to mock the rules like, oh, you have to put your mask on when you're not eating or drinking, that's stupid. Like, no. It's not stupid. Right. You it's, know? Like it's like everybody
0: who doesn't breathe into everybody else's face is doing a solid. So yes, it does matter. It adds up.
1: And masks aren't the silver bullet, dude. These cloth masks are not. I have a friend who just got coronavirus on a film set with at least eight other people. Yeah, they were all wearing masks.
0: Yeah. Okay? Well, to and your point, it's not a silver bullet. You know, and, and um, they're not
1: wearing N95s, goggles, face shields, and hairnets and gowns. Okay that is a great way to prevent an exposure, but that's not practical for um, the vast majority of situations. So people wear these cloth masks of various effectiveness and gaiters and bandanas and like things you bought off Etsy and Instagram ads. And like, who the hell knows what these things are, man? Like they're not like, they're not bonded materials. They're not actual filters. Like they're just kind of slowing down the droplets and that's it. And, if you're going to sit down in a room that's indoors, but outdoors, but indoors for an hour and a half and feel an escape from the pandemic and talk and laugh and drink while everybody else around you is doing the same thing, you're, you're at risk. And from a public health perspective, you're all at risk.
0: Right. I'll tell you what, flip side of that, we went to a place last night. They have and they were quick. They were quick to correct us. They're not They are not igloos. They are solariums, but they've they've turned their—it's a place in Dorchester called D D Bar, great spot. They've turned their patio into a place that has like I call it six little like four person mass maximum, like little huts that are completely self contained. So you know, yes, if you go to dinner with somebody who's not in your household, that makes it a risk. But like you're indoors while outdoors, but you're not indoors with outdoors with a bunch of strangers you didn't show up with. And so I like the full commitment to, hey, we've got this patio space, let's use it. But instead of building one big tent and basically creating a super spreader tent, let's actually, you know, whatever, invest in six or seven of these things, and then let's clean them between uses. We'll see. You know, but anyway... I like the moxie there. And again, they, they got rid of some things. So they're famous for their martinis and famous for their stuffed blue cheese olives. They no longer are doing the stuffed olives because they did them by hand. And they're like, listen, we're not screwing around with that crap. You know, like we're just taking olives out of the right. jar and you're going to like the martini or you're not. But like we're not stuffing olives anymore. So little things like that that they're trying to do to hopefully keep themselves afloat. And also probably from a margin standpoint, it's like, why are we going to buy all this blue cheese for people to drink martinis when we're putting up solariums in the gosh darn patio you know that's where that profit's going we're reinvesting blue cheese olives into the solariums that's what's going to happen but it's a good pivot i think it's reasonable you know
1: yeah and I, i hope that when the um i hope that when the health order comes down in massachusetts saying no more outdoor dining that places like that are spared because First of all, it's going to be cold there anyway, so you may not... It's probably too cold there right now anyway, but it's not going to last long, especially because don't you, you get a Nor'easter today, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm looking, but, at, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's, it's really where we are on the coast here. It's much ado about nothing thus far. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's December in New England, so, you know, the solariums are, are great and all, but...
1: You call it whatever you want. It's still going to be cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. They got a little heater in there, but I, I'm with you. Hey, I'll And tell you. also, how
1: many people, how many, you know, how much money are you making per hour in a restaurant when you have six tables going? Okay.
0: Well, no, ironically, and this is a negative to, to, to any restaurant, their inside was totally full of people. But that's Uh, on that. You know, this is a local issue. That's what that's what's
1: happened. I don't know what your testing rate per thousand is, or you know, like here we're exploding. All of our numbers break records every day. Um, We had this critical mass of like the Dodgers playoff run, people gathering in TVs indoors, the Lakers doing the same thing. The um, you know, then you have the, uh, the build-up to the holiday, Thanksgiving, Halloween parties, and Halloween gatherings, and now we're just, we're exploding. I mean, it's out of control, so.
0: And, yeah, January I know, can't you know, come soon enough. They
1: just announced new restrictions. I just saw, I just got the email, I haven't read it yet, but, you know, here we are, um, right back where we started, except, like, ten times worse, dude. Way yeah. worse than it was in March We just don't have the fear of the unknown that we did in March
0: Right well, well that goes back to the point at the beginning Which is We we had people who didn't go to work for six months Because you know whatever And then when we started doing it it was kind of like well There's a pretty good chance I won't get COVID You know what I mean like it's, it, we've, we've normalized it Even though it's actually way worse Than it was in April or March or July Or August Like it's gotten worse but but we've gotten more used to it Um yeah. Hey, hey! One, one. I want to get your take on this. I've found this particular takeout order to be literally a coin flip. On, holy cow, that held up pretty well, and oh my god, this is a terrible decision. Chicken nachos.
1: Yeah, that's a tough call.
0: Yep, you gotta get it right. So we were going to this place called the Magnolia Smokehouse, which used to be the Village Smokehouse in Brookline, which. Closed, but they're going to reopen for their third iteration, whatever. But we got them once thinking, oh man, these are probably going to be kind of soggy and disgusting, and they were lovely. So we got them a second time, soggy and disgusting. But you know, chicken nachos, throw up the Hail Mary, Aaron Rodgers style, it might work out great for you, you know, but it might not. But you
1: know what they should be doing? They should offer you the opportunity to order the chicken nachos in a tray, right? Assembled. And then you bring it home, and, and you I put make your it. oven on three fifty for ten minutes.
0: Yep, and I make and it. And
1: then you, you glob your cold and cold wet ingredients on top of it. After that, and you eat it, and it's like, man, this is awesome. And I yes. don't have to do anything. Yes, and That's... that is an opportunity for these places to be pivoting. You know, like instead of like like look, you want a burrito? I get it. Instead of a burrito, get a burrito bowl with your tortilla on the side.
0: Yeah, make it yourself.
1: And if you're a restaurant that wants people to keep ordering, like guide them in that direction. Yeah. You know, like. Help me help Ask myself. them questions. Be like, listen, like, um, do you want our, our delivery special burrito? And you send them like a little kit and you make it feel cute and like fun. And they put all their own stuff on it. And you, you have like a little printed card that shows them how to roll it up. Yeah. Um, you know, like suggest like hot sandwiches instead of cold sandwiches because you can, like, with like instructions on how to reheat it. Um, suggest they do not get french fries ever. Yeah, used to get soggy under guys. any circumstance ever. Has <laughs> that ever
0: worked out? Never. Never worked out. French um, fries have never you know, worked like,
1: out. Don't put the celery and the carrots and the blue cheese in with the wings, even though they got lucky that time. ask for all that stuff in its own container or like they should just be doing that for you like they should be thinking ahead for you you know like it otherwise you're gonna be like uh i mean they got away with it but like if you see or hear about a place that's like getting you your chicken wing fix in an interesting and thoughtful manner it doesn't even have to be that successful For you to be like, that's where I'm getting it from from now on. Right, that's my new spot. Thinking about me, that's my spot. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally, Um, totally.
1: Even like giving you the the sauce like on the side, and like then you know giving you like shake, shake it up instructions and like reheating instructions and stuff like. It's time to it's time to move into this new reality, so that like we can just keep our nostrils above water. This is what this has been all about from the very start. Even if this thing rages through the United States and we literally have millions of deaths because of it, the biggest impact was still going to be econ- economic. Yeah, of course. From the very beginning, that has been the uh, the biggest thing that will happen. Yes, if anybody that you know or anybody you care about um loses somebody that's the most important thing in the world there's nothing close to that but if you look at this on a society a
0: macro level level, yeah it is like
1: the loss of income and the loss of quality of life that sometimes doesn't get back.
0: yeah for sure yeah i mean they talked about it being a k-shaped a k-shaped recovery right some people just continue to plummet and plummet and plummet and some industries are actually back to better than they ever were before. You know, like it's the, the divergent paths of America has now literally been portrayed since March in the stock market, you know? Um,
1: Everything has been accelerated. All of this stuff was already in the process of happening, including the, like, the, you know, difficulty for independent restaurants to survive in a delivery and fast um, gig economy world right, anyway. Right, right. And... This has just accelerated all of this. Everything that's going to die or is like hurting was probably
0: not going to be thriving in the next 10 years anyway.
1: Yes. Um, this accelerated it,
0: it. Yeah. It
1: just like kicked everything into gear in this new system. Like people are, can't go back to the office five days a week happily anymore. People are going to leave jobs if the boss is like, look, we work in the office. You're going to be like, okay, fine. And then they're going to look for another job that allows them to work from home three days a week. Like, people are not going to give up on this newfound freedom. Oh, oh yeah. And some places are going to survive and some places are not.
0: Right. Well, and again, it's, it's a lot of different industries. I mean, you you think about, you know, you look at the higher education model, which was going to continue breaking down over the next 10 years. There's a lot of colleges that probably have like a 10 to 20 years left that they're going to be gone in three, right? Because... You know, between the population cliff and then the, the, the economic cliff and then just the you've got to spend more money to get your campus ready to have people live on it. Or you've got to go fully remote and give up all those room and board, you know, margins, which is where you actually make your money. Yeah. I, again, it, it accelerated the decline of anybody who was teetering. Went from like a five year plan to a five month plan. Right. And it's wild stuff. Wild Which
1: absolutely blows my mind, Gav, because everywhere I look, I see colleges and universities investing tens of millions of dollars, if not more, into major infrastructure projects, not currently, but leading up to this period.
0: Oh, and, yeah. You know, well, they were all trying to not like, be the one. It's like you they're
1: know? just rolling in money. It's like unlimited
0: money. No, you know what it was, it was? The bond, me, it was the bond ratings. Not to turn this into a, a
1: lot of them are already teetering on the edge anyway.
0: Right. But like, so for instance... You know, on March 1st, 2020, the, the bond rating for most colleges and universities that were paying their bills was excellent. And fast forward six weeks later, come mid-April, it's now not even a neutral bond rating. You know, it's a negative bond. So that's, you know, it's a once in a hundred year problem, but it, <laughs> it took people from, hey, it's an, it's an arms race, so we're going to invest now and hope that we can see this thing through in the next 10 years. And our creditors will let us to, oh crap, like we got to liquidate. And anyway, that's right. happening across the world, across the country, in all kinds of areas, especially restaurants. All right, let's go to a franchise that's too big to fail. I want to pivot. Can we pivot? Have you got anything that you really want to go? Oh, no, yeah, go ahead. All right, so, spoiler alerts from here on out. If you're watching Mandalorian, Chapter 14 was last night, it dropped. We've talked about this a little bit in passing on the show, on this show, that Jeremy, our buddy from Manka Good, works on that show, okay? So if you can follow along, he's on the crew. He's definitely not going to spoil anything we haven't seen yet, but it's pretty cool he works on the crew of a show that's pretty much starting to uh, grab a lot of, at least, the sci-fi folks' attention. So last night, again, spoiler alert starting now, big night, Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, his real name, abducted by the Empire, the Empire is back, but that wasn't even the biggest news. Razor Crest gets blown up, no big deal. Boba Fett, who 30 years ago in real time and five years ago in showtime was thrown by Luke Skywalker off of Jabba's boat into the Sarlacc pit. Somehow Boba Fett's alive! Holy crap! J.J., how hard was it to keep that under your hat for so long? Oh, man, um... Not quite as hard as the Baby Yoda news. Hmm. Fair, but
1: um, you know, pretty hard because for some reason Boba Fett had such a pop culture appeal. Weird,
0: right? Never had a line.
1: Um, he had such a, like a small character, but like I think that part of the reason why Mandalorian is so successful um, is part of is. It goes hand in hand with why Boba Fett was so interesting of a character to people is because it glimpsed at the the promise of the stories that could exist outside of the Luke Skywalker Princess Leia Han Solo, Darth Vader Mm -hmm. storyline.
0: Right. We're all kind of over
1: that. Like, we get it (laughs) and that's cool and, like, the Force and the Force be with you and the dark side and the light side and all that, but, like, you know what also is cool like you know pods and racing and, and dog fighting and, and infantry battles and, and yeah. like, all of the things that you can explore different, different planets different galaxies the outer reachers the inner the you know the hyperspace like and when you get into Boba Fett you get into an entire um, like origin story that like was just barely hinted at in the movies and I think it piqued everybody's interest it also spawned the whole concept of, of the Mandalorian for the show because, uh, you know, Boba, as they explained, was kind of a Mandalorian, but not really. Right. Um, and now he's back, and he's a total badass. He's a this really great New Zealand actor, and he's um, got this really cool fighting style. Um, I really enjoyed the way that, you know, he, he's, like, very melee-oriented, he's very vicious. I mean, he was really, like, cracking skulls and, like, impaling people and stuff. And
0: Yeah, got real. The, the most
1: graphic that, like, any Star Wars thing has ever done. You know, they, like, champion bloodless violence. And mm-hmm. um, he's, like, impaling, like, the off-screen stormtroopers with his, like, his funny-looking... St-
0: Yeah, staff Uh, or whatever. Yeah, and you
1: know, I guess you know they implied with uh, Mando picking up his uh, his special stick out of the wreckage of the um, Razor Crest that they're going to go full melee. Uh, The gang is getting together, and they're going after the Empire. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 been interesting to watch the season unfold because it's really. Paid a lot of fan service, and they've done it very effectively. And um, I like to go on the different websites and see the fan reactions and all the people trying to guess where it's going to go next. And it's they're they're threading the needle really well between catering to the super fans and also giving casual uh, casual fans something to watch that they can enjoy without knowing everybody's story in the background, right? Um,
0: well, you had mentioned that, that, that Your wife, Chloe, was not a Star Wars fan But she kind of jumped in On Mandalorian Season 1 And she, she genuinely likes the show Despite not really being a Star Wars person Is that accurate?
1: Oh, absolutely She, she referred to herself as not a Trekkie last night So she's got <laughs> no idea
0: Wrong star
1: but, Oh my god, You know, people would just die They'd be so angry and That's such a classic like non-sci-fi fan thing to say but you know it's easy to watch it's got music it's got an interesting story it's quick it's action packed it's like half hour I love working on the show we're doing great work people love it and um, and we're doing some really cool stuff for um, what we're working on now because what you're seeing now we filmed last um, fall and spring right so so this um, is
0: season you're working. Yeah, you're working on season 3 currently
1: yeah, we're working on the next installment, and um, and that's in full swing, man, and, and we haven't had to shut down because of the uh, virus. Uh, we wrapped in March, right before the, everything hit the, hit the fan last year. Oh, great timing, And then wow. we started up uh, prepping really early um, in when the film industry was able to go back to work mm-hmm. legally was technically in July, but we were one of the first big shows to get back to work, and we're taking, you know, we've had a really good safety record, and we have a very comprehensive safety um, plan, and it's just protocol on protocol, and tons of testing, and um, so far, so good. It's, um, we're going forward, so. Yeah, well,
0: you you did, you know, you you did tell me, you know, a few weeks back, as I was getting caught up with the show, you had said, hey, it's about, to get, it's about to get crazy. You know what I mean? And obviously, it's all you could say and all you wanted to say, and not only for your, for your job, but also because you don't want to spoil it for anybody. But but yeah, I mean, it really went from kind of like an episode-by-episode episode jaunt around the galaxy, kind of a spaghetti western meets Star Wars, to, okay, now we're going to be on a path here, it seems like. And again, you can't tell me and I don't want to know, but it seems like, okay, like we're going to take this... You know the, whatever. Uh, you know Gus Fring. You know, uh, you know muffin What's his name? Muffin. Grand Muff Gideon. Grand Muff Gideon. Yeah, I am going to call him Grand Muffin. I don't know why. Anyway, the Grand Muffin, aka Gus Gustavo Fring. You know, John uh, Carlos is the actor. Anyway, he's abducted Baby Yoda, and uh, you know we're going to go get him now. You know, or whatever, or whatever. And now it's getting into more of a, okay, we've shown you a lot enough things to keep you kind of like. Bouncing around for the first thirteen chapters, and now, now maybe at least for the next couple of this season, we're going to take you on like kind of a a little mini trilogy here to end the season, which is cool. So,
1: all about it. I think one thing that they are really succeeding with this season is last season was kind of like introducing everything about it. Like first, you got to meet everybody, you got to kind of get the rules of the the road, and you got to like you know play with what is possible in this format. Yeah. They got everyone on board. They showed how interesting it could be to all the potential fans. And this season now the, the, the governors are off and they can really just kind of go wherever they want. And what they've shown us in the most you know recent episodes is they've, they've arced away from the like, Oh boy, the ship is damaged and I've got to help these people with the side quest so I can get more information for my next thing. Well, what they're doing now is like they're they're they got both you know top and bottom sets of teeth into the big storyline. Yeah, and we're coming down the home stretch. I'm not sure. I think there's like there's a few episodes left. I'm not sure exactly how many this season, but um, now they don't have anything to hold back except to set up for next season. So,
0: yeah, right. Which is um, really cool. Um, well, give give me a behind the scenes. You mentioned this earlier, and I know you can, you can say this. I believe. How much work are they doing to produce Stormtrooper costume material based on last night's battle scene alone when they basically ruined, like, 50 Stormtroopers' outfits?
1: Yeah, that, um... So, Stormtrooper armor is probably, like, in terms of labor, you know, five figures per suit
0: minimum. Wow,
1: wow. Um... And the way that they make it is they have these like you know it's like they mold with injection injection mold by hand these um, plates and then they assemble all the plates into the arm. I'd say maybe it's like thirty grand per suit. Wow! When it's all said and done, and you can't buy them, you can't rent them, <laughs> so they make them from scratch. So all last season, in anticipation of you know what. You saw last night and the the season in general, um, they had a team of costumers and fabricators who specialize in that kind of work, working 12 hours a day for months, making parts and plates and then assembling them and then fitting them to specific background actors and stunt doubles and I suppose everybody that gets into a Stormtrooper setup is either walking in the background or a stunt double because they're not doubling for anyone. Those helmets rarely come off. Um, but, you know, they that costume department, they work so hard. They have a massive uh, facility filled with different costumes for all the different characters. You figure everything that you see... You've also got um, a double for a stunt. Like a backup, yeah, exactly. And right. then you've got backups for your backup. So you've got your hero stuff, and then you've got your, your um, stunt double stuff. And then you've got continuity. So, you know, when somebody takes a blaster shot to the shoulder, then everything that happens after that you need the blaster has to shot. have that blaster shot. Yeah. But everything that is like a flashback or happens before that does not. And,
0: like,
1: of has got dozens of people working on that and that's not even the when you think of costume and wardrobe the people that are like on set dressing people like that doesn't even include them. you know this is just all the it's like walking into like you know behind the scenes on a fashion show you got people with like those huge tables and sewing machines and they're fabricating this stuff they're dyeing material and they're they're doing you know they're custom fabricating much like we do too but um because it's star wars and because those costumes play such a a pivotal role in the telling of these stories and these like (laughs) these alien planets and the races of people it's all wrapped up in their costumes it's just incredible to walk in and see some of the stuff laid out and um to see people in for their fittings and it's just you know i mean i'm not like a, a star wars um Super fan. I enjoyed the movies when I was a kid, and I was into the re-releases. And uh, you know, I started out interested in the second trilogy, the prequels. But of course, yeah. By the end, I was pretty, you know, pretty over it. But um, still, like, if you're going to work in the movie business, and you know, you've got an opportunity to work on something that is um, is interesting and people are excited about then it makes the job a little bit more fun
0: yeah what's cool jj is that we are now so deep into the pandemic that because disney plus is releasing these on friday nights it's kind of got that network tv feel of anticipation when episode six of the season you know 14 overall is going to drop or next week 15 you know is going to drop so that's cool to be a part of hey let me hit you with two things before we go i don't usually have uh, saved up fake band name of the week From earlier in the conversation I usually rattle them off when I hear them But from the earlier conversation You said something about liquids on the side That's a fake band name of the week And then for Star Wars purposes only we Somehow I just Was thinking about the fashion show Reference you just made And the Stormtroopers And I just want to say Fake band name of the week Stormtrooper fashion show Exciting, very exciting band Out of Tatooine they are a cantina band, and you're gonna love them. Okay, bang. I love it. So anyway, Patriots tomorrow. I got a feeling. I got a feeling we got a chance. You and I for a little Monday morning quarterback sports jerks. I'm gonna hold out hope for that. Um, it's was it Pat's Rams or Pat's Chargers? Pat's Chargers, right? Uh,
1: chargers, and you know it's so irritating, Gav, because they don't come out here. They come out here every four years. Right. And they're coming out two
0: um, weeks in a row, and you can't go to either game. I can't go
1: to either game. Brutal. Um, up until recently, they would
0: only go to San Diego every four years. San Diego guns. Make it.
1: And now they're going to be in L.A. I could, in theory, take public
0: transportation to the stadiums. Two weeks and, in a row.
1: And I can't go to either one. I'm like, That's so. That's brutal. And man. We suck. Or at least for mediocre. So right. it's not. Yeah, at least it's not last not year.
0: But yeah, But so it'll be on local TV here, and the
1: Chargers are fun. I think Patriots fans will be interested to see uh, Herbert play. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, he's a pretty good quarterback, I man. He's a good young quarterback. He'll make a couple mistakes. Gilmore will probably get a pick. Jackson will probably get a pick. And um, we'll see if Bill and uh, Josh and Cam. Can like spin another weird competitive game. I think that they're going to give Herbert Fitz, you know, how Bill does with the uh, running quarterbacks.
0: Think about it. This is week, this is like week four in a row now where you've got a stud quarterback, and and honestly, thus far, they're two and one. They got Lamar Jackson confused, Deshaun Watson tore him up, and then last week they really stifled Kyler Murray. So, you know, here you go. I know Herbert's not the same kind of player as those guys in terms of the running. I mean, he's he's mobile, but he's not like running quarterback, but. He's lighting the league up. So can Bill and yeah you know, can Bill and the guys shut him down? And to your point, can Cam and Josh do just enough? And can the special teams and the defense put you in a position to do just enough?
1: It's going to be yeah, fun. I think I think we got a chance, and um, you know that's all we've been asking for this whole season is a chance in each individual game. Absolutely, absolutely. They're a flawed team, they want to lose. It seems like they want to lose at the end of every game. So let's just keep that going.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, at this point. All right, so anyway, we'll leave it there. JJ, stick around for a minute and catch up. Everybody, by the way, reminder, in addition to filibusterfreestyle.com and rating and reviewing and subscribing to the pod, Deezer, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, et cetera, go follow man cook Good on Instagram, at ManCookGood, all one word, and see what JJ's making because he already told you he's going to be home this weekend. He's got a hiatus coming up. Instagram will be popping. So, again, give him a follow if you haven't already, already done so. JJ, thanks for coming on tonight. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, everybody. Kitchen quarantine part. I'm not sure what it is anymore, but we're up there. So enjoy it.